It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Loudoun County Fair is coming July 25th through the 29th. Enjoy delicious fair food like cotton candy and funnel cake, daily live music, demolition derby, scales, tails, and teeth roadshow, a petting zoo, and so much more. Come ride the best rides in town. Ride the giant wheel, the skyfall, the vertigo, or one of our great kitty rides. There's fun for the whole family. Get huge advanced sales savings now through July 24th at LoudounCountyFair.com. Loudoun County Fair at the Loudoun County Fairgrounds is coming July 25th through the 29th. Don't miss it. And welcome to another episode of Nerds of the Holy Grail with Mike and Travis. Um, hey we're here going to talk about the Northman. We just went and saw it. Um, and uh, we're going to do another kind of like talking about those kinds of movies versus what we were used to. As well as, you know, the, the review of the movie itself. What yeah, we so like, spoilers. what we didn't like. Yeah, spoilers <laughs> are plenty. Yeah, if, you're not, if you haven't seen the movie, um, yeah, we're definitely going to spoil it in this podcast. So just a heads up. All right, so we we both saw it, um, and... I think the main thing I can say about this is it is an acquired taste. Yes. So it is definitely a Shakespearean-style theater-esque movie. Go into it thinking of Hamlet, and you're going to walk away with a a better feeling and understanding of it. Honestly, but as savage as they've made it look in the previews and stuff like that... The trailers, yeah. The trailers told you you were going to see one movie, but really you were going to watch another. It was more about a drama between a man and his revenge. Yeah. Similar, to pretty much what this movie was is this was the first telling of Hamlet ever. So Hamlet, we refer to Hamlet, this movie as Hamlet, but truthfully, this was what Hamlet was stole from. <laughs> it was the first Norse yeah, tale. Even like a Contamonte. I don't want to say steal. Steal is a hard word. It's not. No. It's not steal. They, um, Shakespeare borrowed. Yeah. borrowed Shakespeare this story. took a lot of historical. Yeah. Accuracies and inaccuracies to put into his stories. Is this movie historically accurate? Parts, yes, but mostly it's a romanticism of the period. So it's not a historically accurate film. There are accuracies in it, and there's a lot of things they do in it that are historically accurate, but it is the overall piece is more or less a story told in a drama setting. A story as old as time? Story as old as time. So yes, there. Um, this the movie itself. I I enjoyed it, but it's definitely a acquired taste. Not everyone's <laughs> going to enjoy that kind of movie. Um, it's a slow burn at some parts. Slow for burn. Sure. There's a lot of cr- crazy uh, Viking like lore in there where they're taking shrooms. They're having um, initiations when they're yeah. with, the, with the young people. Or, you know, like with their their offspring and stuff like that, where they they drink these chem um, these chemical mixtures of plants and herbs and then they go on these trips and then they have tellings and you know um witch doctor kind of stuff you know where you're basically seeing supernatural things happen but it's not really happening you know and kind of things you ate the amount of like shrooms yeah and you would think it was all chemical real not, it's not so much chemicals but just like the certain plants that they would burn the instances, oh, yeah. smelling it in. Like, imagine if you ate like a bowl of shrooms and you just like huffed a room full of like weed smoke. Like, yeah, you're yeah. gonna be, you're gonna be tripping. Yeah. And if somebody's wearing like a wolf's head, and like they're growling and like they're smeared in like blood yeah. and stuff, like, yeah, dude, Which, that's gonna. That be... That was the one historically thing that they did accurate was the raid on the village in the very oh, yeah. beginning of the movie when they go to after he was a boy to a man. They showed you where he was then. He was working with basically some raiders. Essentially, raiding up and down the Russian coast. Yes. Essentially, um, uh, he raided a Christian Rus- a Russian Christian village, and they they had a berserker ritual in the beginning of that that raid, where they basically drink, mm. take their shrooms, they they do their initiation, they slowly become the beast that they are yeah. known as. You, um, they shed their human skin. They, and they shed become their skin. That, and they become that, the that beast. Wolf. They all wore wolf skins, and they snuck up closely to this village, and uh, then at they, dusk, yeah, yeah, at, at, or dawn, oh, rather, dawn, at dawn, early dawn, 
And then the guards noticed. They threw a spear. He caught it midair, threw it back, and speared the dude with his own spear. Then they scaled the wall naked with just an axe. Yeah. <laughs> causing complete mayhem at the front gate to the point where their cavalry was able to break in um, and uh, finish off the rest of the militia that was inside the settlement. So that is actually historically accurate. That's what the Vikings did. They would normally send in a Viking um, berserkers in first to a settlement like that to disorient the and confuse the um, militias or the guards at the front, and then their cavalry or main force would run in afterwards, busting through the gate when the the chaos ensued. So um, when it was all disorganized and stuff like that, that's when the Vikings did their best combat. So they did not do well against organized formations. (laughs) Truthfully, they were better at raiding villages that were disoriented or... Or uh, I'm not ready. The, the, the thing is, is that it, it's the key word that you said there is that they were raiding villages. They were mm-hmm. raiding settlements. Yeah, they wouldn't attack full on armies. If, yeah, if you if they raided like an English town, especially castle, during this time like period, if they yeah if they were raiding that, like no, like mm-hmm. history has shown proper defenses will yeah they wouldn't do wonders. The, the, these type of the, the the group he was in, the raiders he was in, he they wouldn't attack castles. Like yeah. the larger armies of the of the the Vikings would do that, but. The one he was doing was more of a raider. They would they do better against small villages and militias. Um, so that part was historically accurate. Um, the way they conducted themselves, how they treated the Christians and stuff like that. That's all. Oh, dude, and they hated them too. Accurate. Like the, there was one scene where they were rowing down the river, and then like they see two uh, uh, Russian Christians. Like yeah, they knew they, they knew they were and, and they and they just shoot. like right there, just like shot them both with arrows, yeah. and they started laughing. And they, they were very and, cruel to, yeah, their, oh, to their, the people they attacked. They, they did not care whatsoever. No, they, they, the Vikings were very cruel, and that was that was normal. So, um, But the movie itself uh, goes into a drama about our main, um, basically um, trying to seek revenge for the death of his father against his uncle or his um, brother. Well, that's what you're led to believe was the uncle yeah, it was killed uncle's his father, father and but then it's like Hamlet, so. kidnapped his mother. Yeah, but Hamlet... Is that, which was a whole situation I wasn't really expecting. Yeah, so yeah, so basically it comes out, you know, the whole thing where he's trying to revenge. He, he goes and becomes a slave to, um, to get sent to his uncle, so then he works under his uncle um, as a slave and slowly tries to... Um, torture his uncle um by slowly killing off his guards yeah. or well because his prophecy says that he's he's only going to be killing his uncle when that he's surrounded by a lake of fire lake of fire so, and yeah. so until that time he says and i'm just gonna you know become a nightmare for them and he kills he off a nightmare he meets a woman um on the slave boat who be, eventually becomes his his lover and Anna taylor like joy which she is yeah very beautiful so Skarsgård did a good job though oh absolutely his character Actually, to be honest, I liked even William Defoe did a great part for what he did. William Defoe has such a short part, but he's just fun. got he's such a strong yeah. screen presence. I, I mean, and I was honestly really yeah. surprised. Like, I feel like Ethan Hawke has really come into his own as an older actor. Yeah. There's a time period where he didn't really do much, and I don't think he got good roles but like early on in his career dude he had gataga and a handful of movies and then recently we see him in this we see him in uh one description or or our producers one description in the beginning it was awkward in the beginning of the movie how they greeted their king yeah and that was because of how they felt about him you know that was the whole point it was supposed to feel awkward yeah because they didn't like him <laughs> he came back from his raids with his money and his jewels and the town was supposed to greet him with open arms and it was all greetings and and formalness and very like it was very strict and tight-lipped no one was overly joyed except like they weren't joking around and running around it was more like it was like forced celebration yeah which was which is what to be expect because they didn't actually like him so when his betrayal came, it was no surprise to them, but it was a surprise to the young the young man, which became our main maid, um, eventually. So thought but, the kid did a good job acting. Too. Yeah, he did. He did a great job. So it's it's a, it's a tragedy, like like Shakespeare. So it's a tragedy. If only a tragedy if you think of it in in the terms of what happens to the main character. But yeah, 
you know, not a tragedy overall. He wouldn't view it as a tragedy. Vikings don't view this movie, this this story as a as a tragedy. It's more so like a a celebration. Yep. So well, it was honorable. It, yeah, I feel like a lot of period pieces that we see like this. Um, to it die was by more, the blade. Yeah, it was more honorable yeah, to die to, in combat. To die by the blade in combat was their ultimate goal. And you see that with the Vikings. You see that with the Romans. You the see Romans. that with the Japanese. Well, Spartans. Yeah, the Spartans. Spartans really. had that more. But. Um, you see that with the Japanese. Japanese. With the samurai. The Japanese, it, was it was very honorable. honorable. To die by the blade, yes. Um, A lot of cultures took that to heart. They absolutely did. Because of the... Well, because of the, the time in which they lived. Most of the yeah. time... Fighting is all they knew. Yeah. <laughs> so fighting is all they knew. Then what do you live for? I live to die by by the blade, and every victory brings me closer or a better seat in in, in my my next life. Yeah. And so. for the Vikings, it was Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, Valhalla was the Vikings. Yeah. So they they wanted a good seat at the table. Then you have to do you know you have to do your part every day. So, um, but yeah, it was the, there was parts of it that were very historically accurate, almost too accurate because most people didn't realize that that's exactly how they acted. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there was a we went with a group of people, and there was a handful of people that were like, and you know, I didn't really like how like, this yeah. was, or I didn't like how that was. And my yeah. my thing that it was I was telling them was like, yeah, I was I was trying to say like the director wanted you to feel that way. Yeah, he wanted you to Valkyrie. have that. Weirdness. They showed a Valkyrie carrying him. He would have yeah. visions of a Valkyrie carrying him to the Valhalla. And stuff like that. And it was strange to people, but I was like, okay. He was just having a dream about his next life and how his glory would carry him to the next. That's what Valkyries were. They were the honor guard carrying you to the next life because yep. you, you did what you were supposed to do. Yeah, the Valkyries would bring the de- bring those dead that were the honored dead to, to the Valhalla. Next, yeah. The ones that were worthy. Yes. <laughs> For those of you who have played God of War, yeah. you might know some of these Valkyries. Oh, God. <laughs> I play. I remember the last one just being a nightmare. She oh, the was, the the, the quote unquote queen. Yes, the yeah. queen of Valkyrie was a nightmare to fight. So, trust me, I know, dude. <laughs> I've seen people just like no damage that that woman. I don't know how. Yeah, they they're did. they're like oh, basic no no armor nothing. Oh. Like oh, look how easy this is. And it's like, like how do you do? Yeah, that? how many times did you repeat that fight yeah. after getting hit? Yeah, you must have spent weeks trying to get that perfect. Some people do. Yeah, and it's all for uh, it. I have life. <laughs> Um, but anyways, we, we like the movie. It's definitely a required taste. I definitely would recommend watching it if you get a chance to um, at like one evening or something like that on like HBO or whatever they put it on. It'll probably be on HBO Max. Yeah, uh, maybe, on HBO Max and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's definitely a required taste. It's not a Gladiator movie. No. You know, it's not going to be like a Russell Crowe Gladiator movie. It's not like that. It's not a romanticized version in so much yeah. as, as it is like a uh, Shakespearean piece. So yeah, don't, don't think it's anything else. And I think I think we had ended up getting into a discussion off camera and off podcast yeah. where we were talking yeah, about yeah. period pieces and certain older films. Would so, we like them to be romanticized yeah, or would like we like them to be more? Braveheart. Those were romanticized yeah. versions of films for movies, and they did fantastic because they were more or less designed for movies essentially they weren't historically accurate um oh trust me the people that watch braveheart like yeah. the biggest nitpicking nitpickings that i see online and from other people it's like oh they didn't have kilts back then yeah it's like it's like that that's your complaint yeah okay but um <laughs> there's a lot of things they didn't you know like like you know with with uh with braveheart it was you know the way they they acted and stuff like that it was it was best for the movie that way but truthfully they they were a little more armored, <laughs> you know, just, just slightly, little, slightly. Um, yeah. And then the, the way they acted, the, the tactics they used were similar. The same with the gladiator. Like the Romans weren't nearly as violent with their gladiatory fights. So no. they, they were more or less show pieces than they were yeah. actual fights. Crowd pleasers. They, every once in a while they would do a real fight, but nothing like that. Yeah. You know, like you saw every like every fight was a, a life or death battle. I'm like, eh, it was too costly in slaves to do that. They would cost these people too much money to do that, that kind oh, of yeah. battle. You, so. You'd be killing people the, up Yeah, the, the slave traders would be like, oh, why would I throw my my good slaves into this battle? Because it would cost me them. And even if they got injured, they'd become lame, essentially, and they would be no good to the slavers. Well, they, so. they, they consider them like gimps, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So they would normally do like pieces like where they would do uh, recreations of battles. Yeah. And they would do like blunt swords and stuff like that, and they would 
put on a kind of a play fight, you know, of how that worked. I mean, you could kind of see it in that movie. So. They did, especially with the Centaurians, and yeah. when they had those uh, it was like, weren't uh, they carts. supposed to be defeated or whatever, played by the carts, and then they yeah. and they beat the guys on the chariots. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. But I think, but we the, one of the main things that we got into is you know with these period pieces, we brought up another example prior to the podcast of Alexander the Great. Yeah, great cast of actors, great acting. But uh, the movie was the movie didn't do well. Was it accurate? Yes. To the point, it was very Tutory, romanticized yeah. too, as well. Yes, he did have an affection for his mother, and that was real. But, but I do think that there's there's certain times in Hollywood's history where we will come out with a bunch of these movies, like Braveheart, Troy, Gladiator, like all these great, great movies, and then we almost get fatigued. Dry. Yeah, we yeah, get, and we then get fatigued a dry spell by them for a while with them, and know? we don't do them for yeah. a while. And then every so often, we'll, we'll have like art house pieces. Like I consider Northman more of an art. Art house well, style. Another film. good example of a romanticized war movie is uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it's a romanticized version of World War Two. Is it historically accurate to a degree? Yes, which would made it fantastic because they added just the right amount of historical accuracy as well as a romanticized version of what the Americans did in during war, during that that war. Now. It was, I wouldn't consider that so much romanticized. I, I consider because, I consider Pearl Harbor more of that romanticized. Oh yeah, the Pearl Harbor movie was definitely. But I think I think um, there's another genre of movies like Saving Private Ryan, where but it's like that, not, it's like saving certain people, not, like Black Hawk Down. Yes, but I'm not criticizing those movies for being romanticized. That was that was the best way to tell that story. Yeah, that story can only be told that way. I say I I I mention these movies and I mention them being romanticized as a good thing because that's what makes them perfect in that sense. You couldn't do that historically accurate because it'd be hard to tell that story in audiences to understand it. When you make a movie like that, it makes people interested in that period of time. So if they like it, they're like, "Oh, I want to read up more on it," and they learn about it. It's a good way to introduce people into that section of history. You know, you show them a romanticized version of it, and then they read on it. And they learn. They learn about the movie. They learn about the... Uh, actually, the a, a key movie that you're talking about is The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Yeah. That really blew up Japanese yeah. folklore yeah. into the Americans, into and how they you know, Western the Europe. Invo- influence yeah, that, that really let people into like the history of Japan. It, yeah. pro- it really wasn't as historically accurate. Japan came out of their shell during that period. Yeah, they they stopped realizing that they can't, they can no longer be isolationist. They need to understand that the world's evolving without, with yeah. or without them, and they either need to join or that. And the people coming in, you know, we had we had gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Bullets, but ammunition, they've had weapons. Two lessons in their entire history that way too. One being the Mongols when they invaded, mm-hmm. they learned really hard that the foreign armies are powerful. They didn't think that they were going to be pushed over so quickly, but they were. And once yeah. they realized that, they they quickly adapted. To well, them. I think this also. I, I think a lot of that also comes down to they realized that war is not honorable. Because not the Mongols war. did not, not all care. War is honorable. No, and that's I think what I'm that saying. I think that was your, a big disassociation. Your that foreign they had. invaders were not yeah. honorable. Yeah, they did not fight like you. You weren't fighting your brothers and, and sisters in arms anymore. You were fighting other people from another land. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> you know, they have no compassion for you. They don't care if you die by the blade or an honorable way. That was the whole point. Japanese been fighting each other for so long. They they kind of made it like as an art form. You know, to the point where it was like if you lost the battle, it was an honorable death. You were get granted by the uh, victor. Yep. Now, in these guys, they don't care. You know, like when you had an foreign in power or invader, they didn't care anymore. So they learned quickly to adapt to that. Shoot, katanas, the, the samurai's swords, were not even invented until after the Mongols invaded and they realized the swords weren't thick, weren't sharp enough to cut through the thick leather armor that they yeah. had on. <laughs> and, it, and if you ever look into the history of katana mm-hmm. blades, you don't swing them. Like yeah. katana blades, like the stances, the fighting styles, mm-hmm. they're meant to pierce. pierce and it's first. meant to pierce thick yeah. metal, like thick... Yeah, bamboo you know, is what yeah. they originally... Because they, the, most of the other um, warriors would wear thick, thicker bamboo armor. They wouldn't wear leather because of the it wasn't prevalently available. Then you had the Mongols come over and they all wore leather. Yeah. <laughs> so when you have this leather that's been 
like basically treated and treated and treated to where it was so hardened that their their basic blades back then would not cut through it. They had to make another way to cut through um, that kind of armor, and that's when they started doing the katana and the the mastery of that of that blade. So I thought that was pretty um, a cool history lesson on that. But Japanese archery was also really really good too. Archery, back yes, their too. archery was fantastic, and that would go through most of it. But they realized that archery can't win battles. No. <laughs> Arch, you cannot win archery with archery alone. It was a good idea, and their bows were very powerful. They could pierce most armor at that time, so that was the one advantage they did have. Yep. So, and then um, their cavalry was a big pride thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that's there's a section of history that they can easily go into again. Yep. You know, you know, the Mongol invasion of Japan would be a very good movie romanticized. And we're definitely getting that at least somewhat soon. Not so much. Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure if we're gonna get a romanticized version or if we're just gonna get like an action flick. Yeah. But if Sony is basing their Ghost of Tsushima movie off of you know the like the game. And the, the story that they had with it, it will be somewhat romanticized. Yeah, yeah which would be perfect. And it, it could be very good. It could, if could we, be our next yeah, movie that if, would if be If there can be good writing, and I think the writers that they piece. have are not bad, but we're definitely going to get like solid action. Yeah, yeah. Because the guy who's doing John Wick is doing this, and we're definitely going to get like strong action scenes because he's, I mean, he's worked on the Matrix films. He's worked on a whole bunch of other films. Like, I think the action's solid at that point. But when we're looking at, Storytelling. I think storytelling is a big thing that a lot of people have to dial in for some of these older films. Because I think one of the things that Alexander had a fault with was the movie was very, very, very long. But also the there was so much like exposition with just constant talk, 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 talk. Like yeah. a lot of people wanted to see like Alexander, his armies going to battle, not so much talking all the time. Um Another good example, though, super romanticized movie like that, though, would be 300. Yeah. <laughs> now, that movie was super inaccurate to the oh, point. Oh, to every degree because it was based it was off the comic. Super, yeah, it was super romanticized version of what actually happened. They did do the kind of tactics. They did have that kind of mentality. They were that ruthless. and they, you yeah, know, It was the definitely Persians over were, the top. Persians were that intimidating. Yeah. So, But, but uh, it was a fun movie to watch mm-hmm. because there is a strong... Solid, straightforward aspect of that movie was action, action, action. The, the wanna, scenes, everything about it was, was fantastic. I would like to see something more or less around the Napoleonic time. There's an entire part of history yeah. that no one's ever covered. Is that Napoleonic period? It's like the, the right on the cusp of human technology taking off. And he decided to try to take over the world. <laughs> but I, I feel like the colonial times has been done so much that I don't think a lot of people care. It's not, it's not colonial though. It's before that. Well, honestly, I consider anything from like this. Well, okay. There, I mean, like there, the 1700s to the 1900s yeah. was just like that whole like. It's like Master and Commander with Russell Crowe. Yeah. A lot by by and far, a lot of people feel that that's one of the greatest like I mean, naval movies. I mean, are you talking about colonial like as in like Americas? No, like like that that time period where like the the, oh, the, like, the French um, had like their weapons, their bayonets, empire t- like where yeah. they, they started making their empires yeah. and stuff like that. I, okay, okay, okay. The beginning of that. Because I mean, yes, that was colonial, but um, because like, would you be interested in watching like just the English take over like you know Northern Africa with bayonets and their weapons and you know the the like. Oh, the one-sided fist fight that that was. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, nobody wants to watch a one-sided fist fight. Like, <laughs> like you're gonna have like the Battle of Waterloo. Like, okay, but the thing is, is that like, okay, it's the story leading up to that though. We have movies in certain certain areas, certain time periods that have been so well done that going to that, like, okay, we have to do what this movie did, but better. And my, one of my favorite movies is Mel Gibson's uh, The Patriot. Yeah. That was a great movie and super romanticized again. Yes. And once again, that is a good example. But the thing that I really liked about that movie was it just great, great action, great storytelling, great acting. Mm-hmm. Are you going to have that with like Napoleon? All right. How about the Korean War? Because I know a lot about that one. I, I actually researched that one because of how little people know about it. 
And it was is a big shame. It's a big stain on America's history. But at the same time, it's not. It how, really isn't. But how many times have we had like the that time period? What of like the American like? Oh, there's been plenty of films that have been done about like the Vietnam, Korean Wars. Like, yeah, there's been a ton of stuff about that. But then you also look at like the major period pieces that really were crazy about that that period, like but Apocalypse. We now. learned. I'm saying we learned an important lesson in the Korean War. Was that? Did China, we? No, no. I'm saying we learned that communism is not going to go away with just a fist. No, no. You can't, you can't kill an ideology, you know, with um, with just force alone. That was the whole point. Is that we learned two things from those wars, and that that was what it, what we learned. We won one that we can't beat it with a fist, and two, we this is a battle being that's going to be fought in um, more or less. Over culture than it is going to be fought over land. That whole thing was you're 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 not fighting an army. You're fighting an entire country. Everybody yeah. that can fight. Yeah, you will we fight can't you. fight with this guerrilla tactic stuff. Yeah. What we learned about we learned that our own the own thing the one thing that we used against the British was going to be used against us, and it is effective. The guerrilla tactics. Yeah. It, it is effective because we knew and we knew it would work because we used it on the British. How did we not realize that they were going to use it against us? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I mean, at one point, I guess we were just riding high off of World War Two that we thought we were invincible. You know that that America was now the greatest. At after World War Two, we were literally the the biggest superpower on the planet, other than Russia. But Russia was only a superpower because we gave them the resources they needed at the time. Yes, there is a documented proof we sent over millions upon millions of tons of equipment and supplies to them so they could build their tanks. And those tanks through the Arctic Ocean, we sent it to them. But I, but I think like like uh, like we were saying about the movies, getting into that, getting into that, Korean Vietnam, (laughs) yeah, getting into the Korean Vietnam era is like, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think moving forward, because Northman unfortunately did not do well at the box office. No. I, I feel that art like it these, wasn't as romanticized as the other movies we're talking about. Well, people like well the trailers, like you said, like really show one show movie and you else. got something else. But yeah. I really feel like if you're looking into these 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 time periods, like I don't think, especially getting back into the movie theaters, that that's going to get people in their seats. No. You, you need to get it to the point where people are actively going back to the movie theaters. They've seen all the big movies that they want, but they'd like to see something else. Something different yeah. than, than the next Marvel movie. And I, and I and unfortunately, with the price of everything as is, like movie tickets are expensive. Yeah. Like Is I, Netflix the answer to that? No. Because half the movies on they're Netflix, not writing correct. They're not writing good doc. Um, well, okay. Some of their documentaries documentaries are good. have been fantastic for me, for the sense of some of their their leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Their uh, World War II, if you, if you guys get a chance to watch it, um, their Road to Victory series on World War II in color is fantastic. Yeah. The documentary series, if you get to watch it, is fantastic. It honestly is one of the coolest in-depth detail on they go into detail on every single battle that that was a pivotal point in World War Two. The Battle of the Atlantic, um the the Battle of uh, North Africa, they show detailed interaction between the generals and their troops of each side and why they they made the decisions they did that changed the course of the war. 
I'm like, that's insane. Because you don't see that in the documentaries that you normally watch. They just talk about, oh, well, at this point, he uh, withdrew their troops, and that's when they attacked. I'm like, okay, I get that. Okay, so then what happened next? Like, well, why did he withdraw his troops? Like, oh, they don't talk to about the correspondence that he was getting from the government versus the correspondence he was getting from his counterintelligence versus the spies that he had in his own camp telling him other stuff. They go into detail into that in that series where they show the little nuances that went into the decision-making that was the Italian campaign that failed. <laughs> By the way, we never made it out of Italy, if you didn't know that. In World War Two. we never fully took over Italy. We just kind of left. <laughs> The, the the British told the Americans that we that the only way to Germany was through Italy, and that's why we were there. Yeah, but didn't Mount Vesuvius? But didn't Mount Vesuvius erupt during World War Two, and it caused like like the single greatest loss of our air fleet, the the, no. the, the Allies' air fleet? I don't think that I don't think that was. Okay, I'll, I'll look into that again. I don't remember that in the in the series at all. But I just that remember. may not have been in the series. But I was looking. I don't out. remember if that was actually if that actually happened or not. I don't think it did. I saw no. I, I remember. I, was, I think I was on Reddit and I saw a post of uh, allies like taking photographs of I think Mount Vesuvius erupting. And I mean, if they, it, we we had an air base nearby, and all of our ships were completely covered in soot. Well. The, and it like melted like our, like some of the uh, instrument clusters. The biggest problem we had with the Italy campaign was the first of all the British pissed off the French down there that escaped from France when the Germans took over. They attacked them because they didn't want to they didn't want the Germans to get a hold of the French fleet that was left. So they attacked the ships and tried to kill them all and tried to blow them all up and sink them so the Germans wouldn't get a hold of a naval fleet down in the Mediterranean. But guess what? They were still being held by the French. So they basically attacked the Allies themselves. So they were very sore about that. When the Americans showed up, the Americans got attacked by the French because the French were, were mad about what the British did. So the, when the American and, and, and British Army showed up, or naval um, force showed up in northern Africa, they got attacked immediately by the French. They were obviously overwhelmed, and then the, the Americans attacked again, and the, they killed French troops just to get on... To start the Northern uh, African campaign, we had to kill our own allies. Ain't that something? <laughs> Ain't that something, right? Ain't that American? Yeah. So, <laughs> but that wasn't our fault. We were very upset about that because we found out afterwards why they were attacking us because of what the British did beforehand. So the British kind of screwed the boat. Um, screwed the pooch. Screwed the pooch. Yeah. Essentially, in in the the Mediterranean campaign with Italy and all them. Um, they were the ones that convinced FDR and all, and all them to intact Italy. And eventually we became the realization that the only way to get to Germany was through Normandy. Yeah. So that's when we eventually did that because of how how bad the Italian campaign uh, failed. And I know this because I have a great uncle that died in Italy. <laughs> so I got his... Uh, um, his badges and stuff like that sent to me because I'm the last living relative he had. <laughs> um, after um, all of my other relatives died, they sent me this as uh, World War II medals. It's pretty cool. And we found out that we had a we had a relative that died in in Italy in the Italy campaign, and that's why. And I, I wanted to do more research of like why did you know why did so many Americans die there, and like that's why we were fighting uphill. In the Alps, <laughs> you know, in Italy, for no reason. Honestly, it was it was an insane idea that we could take Italy easily. So, and then that was the whole thing with the you know the fascists in Italy and stuff like that. They they had no control of their own country. The Germans took over that country. They just didn't realize it. They were still thought they were in charge, but really Germany was running the show. They yeah. had no idea. So, but that's another good example, though. That's another. Um, period piece that nobody knows about. Yeah, but I think is that done better as a documentary or is it done better as a film? Because it, there's, 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 there's been so it, it many... It is better as a documentary, but at the same time, people are not going to watch documentary and I think it's a part of history that people should know about. Yeah, but I also think that, you know, looking into this, we have so much content being thrown at us from yeah. HBO Max, from from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, H yeah. or, uh, Apple now. And probably other like Peacock, I think is another oh, service that's getting big yeah, now yeah. too. And uh, I mean, God, dude, we have like eight or nine different like subscription services. Did you ever watch that Netflix um, war movie called Siege of Judoville? 
Probably. All right, it's about the Irish brigades. Yeah, the first Irish army made, and it was they put him in the um, in in um, Zaire. Yeah, to to stop the 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 warlord from taking over the country and causing all this genocide and stuff like that. And the French hired mercenaries there to come into the country and fight the UN. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole thing, and it was all all for greed for the diamonds. Is blood diamond? This is where uh, blood diamond oh yeah, came blood from. Blood diamonds are big. Yeah, this is where the blood diamond concept came from. Is because they were using the slave labor to harvest the diamonds real cheap, and then selling them super expensive to the Americans and Europeans. Um, this is why they didn't want the union, uh, the UN, to go in there and stop that and make it expensive and give the resources back to the country. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to nationalize the diamond mines. They're like, no, no, no. The French own this. They've owned it forever. Why would we give it up? So the UN tried to stop it, and they sent these Irish brigades in, left them stranded, and let them take the blame for why they failed. So that was a messed up thing. And that was romanticized, that movie, of how it actually happened. But at the same time, it was a perfect period piece, honestly. It showed exactly where the UN was at that time. It showed exactly how they failed and how um, how disorganized they were when they first started doing what they did, what they called peacekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> and there's lots of examples of that. But what I'm saying though is that you can go on any of these services and you can you can mm-hmm. in, you can gorge on the amount of content that they have. They have the millions of documentaries that are out there in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, not so much millions, but thousands of do- different documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. You go to the movies because you're seeing something that's just so like high, inspiring. like well, not so much inspiring, but no, you, the you, movies we've been mentioning are inspiring. Oh yeah, so. but I, but I'm also feeling like you know, you, you there's a certain production quality and everything oh, that yes, you see yeah, into that too. this. Yes, yes, yes. And honestly, I think what's happening to the movies is what's really happening with games right now. Is that we have all these games at our fingertips right now, but what ones are like those di- like we're almost getting to the point of diamonds in the rough. Yeah, this game's good, but you're not talking about it a month later. Yeah, exactly. The only one so far has been Elder Scrolls. Like Dying Light well no, it's not even that. Dying Light two came out. Well not Elder Scrolls, I'm sorry. Elden Ring. Yeah, Elden Ring. Um, I'm I curse myself for saying that wrong. Um yes, Elden Ring is probably the only game that's been a single player game, oh, game but well, also multiplayer, multiplayer yeah. aspects to it. Um, but it's held its own over a, over a month, way over a month. It's going to probably be talked about for years before, oh, before well, it'll even go away. From software And I games. don't like that kind of game, yeah, but I, even I recognize the yeah. ability of that game to do well and how well it was put together. From from software games yeah. always have legs. I'm not, and the I'm, Souls genre and is really never, blowing I'll up. I'll never bash a game like that. Even though I don't like that genre, and even though I don't like that kind of game, I don't like Souls-like games, and I don't like the, the roguelike games, to be honest, I just it's not a fan. It's nothing. It just it, yeah, it's it just don't. I just don't like. I just don't like it. But I will not knock the quality. <laughs> it yeah. is a quality game. All right, it is a good game. All right, and I'm never gonna say like because there's a lot of people like, well, if I don't like that kind of game, I'm just gonna say it, tell everyone how to stay away from it and why it's trash. I'm like, it's not trash. It's like there's not, you could appreciate something without you sound like a fanboy right there. You know, I'm just saying, no, <laughs> you keep you could appreciate something without liking it, yeah. And, and just trying to prove that, that there is a, a thing to that, like you can appreciate games, like you can appreciate the fact that Super Mario, the original game, was a you know, was a pioneer of its time, even though when you play it now, you're like, it's trash. <laughs> Comparatively, well, <laughs> if you play it comparatively to games you play now, it's trash. <laughs> I think I think more people could use that mentality, like just appreciate something for what it is. It, like yeah. you don't have to knock it. Truthfully, like, like the, and that's what gets okay me. On, not to like that's what gets me on some reviewers it. is that if you're reviewing a car game and you knock it down points because you sit there and say only I car didn't like it. no only car people are gonna like this game yeah that's like, the problem wow right there. like okay dude so you're not you're, you're, not, you're not you're not judging the game well, based. first of all you're not really reviewing the game properly no you know if you're gonna review a game review it with the best open-minded like okay I know we can fan service over stuff and, and it's fine if you're a fanboy of something and you review something obviously you're gonna have a bias towards it yeah try not to do that. That's no, the whole that's, point. That's if you're a, a real reviewer, you don't review. Well, that's the problem like that, that we have with a lot of media right now. Is just that there's biases. Yeah, and but, it's just the unfortunate way that we have certain things. 
Now I'm biased towards Star Wars and 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 a few of the, um, of, of the other action games we played. Like I gave my our one Star Wars game that I reviewed, the uh, Starfighter game, a ten out of ten. The reason I did that though wasn't biased. It was because of the price point of the game. Yeah, <laughs> the price point was way lower than what you would normally get. It had options. You could play it in VR or regular. You could also see the entire cockpit and detail of what it looked like, and it felt like and flew but like a regular Starfighter. That's, that's that quality that you're talking exactly, about. Exactly. You got a quality game a quality. for the price that you got it at. You had multiple options to play, and it had multiplayer and single-player aspects to it. It literally hit every point that you could need. Um, and I don't think... And I didn't think that only people that like start um, or you know playing or fighter playing games or any game like that, aviation type games or like the guys that like Ace Combat. I didn't think people that would like those games would only like this game. I thought it could be appreciated by everyone that would like Star Wars or anything like that. It, it was a game that you would buy it, you weren't gonna feel cheated. That that's my point. So that's why the only reason I gave that game that high of a rating. So, um, but. There, there's been examples of that throughout thing. Like, like, what, what was the one movie we thought was going to be really good? And we ended up hating it. Um, it was a Marvel movie. That's happened a handful of times. Oh, Eternals. Uh, yeah. I was well we, based we we based off the good. trailers, based off the cast that they had. I thought yeah. Eternals was going to be really good, but then like, but then when we got to see it, like even with the yeah. fan service behind us in our heads and the bias yeah. in our heads, I was we're like, thinking, no. Uh, like, no. like there's there's a lot of things wrong with the story, with the pacing. Yeah. Like, and, and as much as we wanted the movies to succeed, it just wasn't going to. Well, I think one of the other things too is is that that like you could remove Eternals out of the Marvel lineup. Mm-hmm. And you will have lost nothing story-wise. Yeah. <laughs> Literally could remove it and it would be like, oh, well, they were supposed to be acting outside of it anyway. Yeah. So then then they don't need to be there at all. They didn't need to exist. <laughs> and they, they tied it into the whole, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, there'll be a day where I think Joa and I will come on and we'll be talking about Eternals with the Celestials and how... There's a lot of things that him and I would have wanted Marvel to do. Yeah. And we don't think that they're doing it. And the way that they are going to be doing it is just Oh, another not good. another movie that you and me would probably have bias for is Godzilla. <laughs> we would always have a, a, a bias. I enjoy for... my Godzilla films. Absolutely. Exactly. I, I'm biased. So we're biased to towards Godzilla that. That's, our, that's one of our biases. We like those big like, monsters. I like, Kaiju King, movies. I like King Kaiju of the Monsters. Yeah. I like King of the Monsters. And some people Pacific didn't Rim. like it. Yeah. Some <laughs> people didn't. Well, uh, people but, didn't like King of the Monsters. But even but, I can tell you, though, the problems with those movies. Yeah. Oh, I can yeah. too. But the thing is, is that. I had Ghidorah fighting Godzilla in a giant monster kaiju battle. My desire for what I wanted to see from that film was solved. Yeah. They they told me what I was going to get. I got it. Yes, I didn't get all the other little nuances. I didn't get a a fantastic story with great acting skills by all cast. I mean, obviously the movie was flawed in certain senses. With just the, the story was kind of nonsensical. With some I of the hold stuff they King were of the Monsters above Godzilla versus Kong. Close, I, I, I Only, yeah, be, you know, be, because Godzilla versus you're Kong, right, you're like, right. it was like humanity just got super advanced, and there was just like. Yeah, I, I like the the Hollow Earth thing, but then there's I wanted other, more Hollow Earth. Yeah, then. but there is other things that just didn't really make. A I whole felt like great they should have done more sense. of the Hollow Earth, like them journeying through Hollow Earth, than than just a flyby. Yeah, they just did a flyby in Hollow Earth, which which killed that movie. Honestly, if they did a whole adventure in Hollow Earth, that would have been made. That would have made the movie ten times better. I would have rather had some form of like a Mecha Kingador. Or <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, the the, the talks we that they had now, that, the though. talks we that they were expecting yeah. that because we knew the head was still around. Yeah, the the talks that they have now with the upcoming fourth potential film is that they think they might go with Biolante. That'd be cool. But it's like <laughs> there's a lot of monsters and there's a lot of cool stuff that they can do. Um, you could easily probably go with like a form of like Space Godzilla. I think that'd be too over the top for what they're trying to go for. The fucking Mecha Godzilla and the the human pilot thing wasn't too over the top for you. 
well, the human pilot wasn't actually real. The human pilot got sorted out as soon as he went yeah. into it. So technically, it was just a King Ghidorah controlling a, a Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they even said it in the film. It was like his his nerve endings and and what was left of Ghidorah um, um, actually controlling that bot, sending it into a rage. I would have. I would love to see Hollywood tackle an unused storyline in the Toho Godzilla series. It was based off Super Super Godzilla. I Destroya. Well, they should have done Destroya. Destroya would not be half bad. They can absolutely go with it because they already did the bomb. Well, I thought they did the oxygen they, destroyer. They could have done Destroya with leftovers or the DMV number ninety-seven or house cleaning or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Ghidorah's head and just have like a mutation based off that. But I like, I would like them to go with the storyline where aliens ended but up trying to take over Earth and they went to Earth's to- ancient past. To our listeners, as you can tell, we are definitely more. Yeah, <laughs> that was the whole point. We're, we're, we're definitely biased towards yeah. we're, the we're, Godzilla. Well, movies. because we're invested in it since yes. we were kids. We yeah. have a lot of lore. There's a lot of background. There's a lot of Toho so, and. But we um, also acknowledge that not these movies aren't exactly high size. They're not Oscar winning nominations. No, not. But we can appreciate an Oscar film as yeah. well as a movie like this, and that's the whole point that why we make these kinds of podcasts is because we want to prove that to be a reviewer, you need to have no bias. When you do you do a review, you do it truthfully. You do it honestly. You do it with your gut. If your gut tells you, you know this isn't right, you know this part is wrong, you know that they screwed up here, you got to say it. You can't hide it and say, oh no, this is fine because this movie's all about this. I'm like, yeah, there's a big fight scene with the Godzilla and King Ghidorah, but the movie essentially is flawed with everything else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that part was cool, but it, as structurally as a movie, it was kind of, yeah. I think the big thing that really pulled us into wanting to do this podcast was after the whole insane reviews that... We were getting. No, the reviews that we were getting, like, Cyberpunk really was, like, the big, like, what Yeah, the they, they, they sell you one story, they tell you it's the most fantastic, revolutionary game ever, and then you, you sit there, you're like, what, what was this? Anthem was another good yeah, example. But but then you also have these people that are like, well, I don't want to give a bad review because then I'm not going to get CD keys anymore. Yes, exactly. Well, no whatever. Like, I mean, whatever. Like, cool. Like, you're not yeah. going to get day one. You're not going to get reviews. You know Credibility what? Credibility doesn't matter anymore. Easy Allies yeah. tends to drop their reviews after a game's release, and people still flock to their videos because they don't care about day one. If you're yeah. day one and you're like, oh, this game's 10 out of 10, I'm, you know what? Unless unless it's just like a God of War style game. Yeah, I don't like the Which reviews. has its own critiques as well. But... Like, uh, but here's okay, the thing. man. I, I really don't like the reviews that come out before games because you know they're paid for. Well, there's it's not it's not it's not even that they're paid for. Well, yeah, they know you, that they you, won't get a chance to review it again if they give a bad review. Well, but people still get bad reviews, and you, they still can review the game. But yeah. the the thing that really kills me is is that like you're reviewing a game that's still being patched, that still yeah. actively doesn't have everything implemented. Mention that though. Yeah. You mentioned that like hey, um this but they game is don't missing something. they don't they will they will have a uh, they'll have a sentence, you know, performance was kind of uh, hit and miss. You know, you play the game and the performance is all over the place. Yeah, you like you you gave the game miss. 9 out of yeah. 10. Like yeah, come it's on. It's not a hit and miss. It's there's there's structurally if flawed I'm, design. If, if I'm reviewing yeah. a game and the performance still hasn't been fixed, by the the release date, your game is getting points knocked off. It, I guess the reviewers will just say it, just to say it. They'll yeah. say it to say that, but no. If I'm playing a game and I know in my yeah. heart that this game's like a nine out of ten, but the performance day one is trash, still, guess what? You're getting a seven out of ten. Yeah. Or you're you're getting. But there's the a wait. Why we you're also, getting a wait to buy because you're yeah. not getting a good performance at the beginning. That's the reason why we don't actually like number reviews either. Yeah. You know, I I'd rather just say. Why the why we thought the movie was good? Why we thought the movie was yeah. bad? Why we thought the movie was meh? <laughs> you know, that's the whole point. Well, I love how now if you have a seven out of ten anyway, but seven out of ten to me is not bad. 
But no, if, you get, a, if you get a if you get a seven out of ten, game, dude, if you get a seven out of ten or a seventy out of a hundred, yeah. people are like, "Oh god, the game's trash." It's it didn't. Trash. It didn't break up. It didn't break ninety. It's not ninety two. Yeah, you know, they are, I only oh, play eight trash. and above. I'm like, or, or nine and above. I'm like, well, then we're gonna miss out on all these great games. You know, it's the whole point. Some games are not designed to be fan, absolutely fantastic. They're designed to be just, you know, like. Um, what's the, what's the one? Lawnmower Simulator. Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously that game is going to have like a very niche crowd to it, but it's not going to be like award winning game. But you know, you'll you'll miss out on that kind of uh, you know, how I put this. I like simulator games because they're relaxing. Yeah, they're they give you an experience that is unlike the ones you've had before. You know, I I like that one Shipbreaker game I told yeah. you about where they cut the ships. Um, the spaceships and the pieces, you have to be careful. The, the ship is pressurized. If you cut the ship the wrong way, it will explode because of the pressure in the ship. You know, And then same with the, the other damages and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of neat. I like it. I like the, the aspect of it. It kind of gives you a simulation of what space would be like as a basically um, salvager, essentially. I'm not really big on grading or even reviewing sim games because it's it, it still is such a niche genre if i'm not like but if it, i don't like flying a ship yeah and i review it that's sh- the like, whole point of simulating games is that you can simulate anything yeah you know if you there's gonna be something you like in there but, somewhere. but the thing is is that like those people like those games i feel should really they, they, there should be Did you ever want to there pilot should be a U-boat? own criteria you ever want to pilot a u-boat with a crew there's a game for that, simulator game for that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's there there is something simulator uh, simulator wise that you want. yeah to give you the experience of yeah, flying yeah. a ship or give you the experience of or, driving a boat or, or a train or, yeah, or a yep. uh, monorail like what have or you. A, uh, like you said, the truck, the American trucker one. Yeah, <laughs> that, that like actually, there's a lot of people who watch that stuff. No, they do. They love yeah. those games. It's but, insane. But you know you there's the, like there's train simulator games that get great scores. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Farm simulator. great scores. Yeah. But I think my thing about certain simulator games, even like some racing games, like there's racing games like Gran Turismo and Forza and stuff. Are, yeah. But if you're if you're like a one to one true simulator racing game, there are there are people that love those games. Like they're 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 they. I feel like there's and they would review that game I, as a ten out of ten. Well, no, I feel like there's. I feel like certain certain subgenres, like certain niche, because those are niche to me. Souls not niche. Like Souls is not like niche. rogues like not niche. No, really. Elden Ring sold twelve million copies within its first month. That's not a niche game. Mm, okay. Flight Simulator is a niche game. Train yeah. Simulator is a niche game. Like there are games that are uh, a farming simulator. Those are niche games, and I feel that. If you're part of that type of subgroup, like the, if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I take part in discussions and forums for certain like farming simulator games, there are certain people that you're going to want to pay attention to that can give you like, hey, I, I, this is the type of game that I played for the last 15, 20 years. This is my review. Yeah. Because that, that is, it's, it's very niche. It's a sim game. Yeah. Like those people like that type of stuff. It's like, uh, Sim City and I think uh, City Skylines, mm-hmm. like those games. I I love. I will dabble in those games. But if I see a whole bunch of people who review like action games and strategy games and all these other games, and then they review that, I'm not going to hold their their review credible well, at all because well, but some people will. That's the whole right, point. Right, they do because they think that oh, because these people say it's bad. Yeah, these people review these games, and it's just like they're you games. Have to look what they're reviewing. They're games, yeah. but they're also like I'm gonna want to listen to the to the to the group if, of people that play that game. Do they think this, that this is a good if game? If this person has reviewed a countless number of simulating games, then yes, probably should. Take yeah, his, his word dead. But if he's only reviewed a couple of simulating games, and he has mostly a repertoire of like uh, action. Uh, Call of Duty type games, yeah. then you obviously should not take his his word uh, as uh, as law, you know. So that's and I, honestly, I think that's a shortcoming that we have in the current review market because and it's even in movie market, and even movies movie too. So because some reviewers will just love oh, action well, films. Just, yeah, what I'm saying just because it doesn't fit your criteria doesn't mean you should just destroy the film or yeah. the game. It really shouldn't, and that's what we're trying to make the point is even though we may not like a game. We're going to tell you why we don't like a game, but we're not going to tell you that it's just trash. You should never play it. 
unless it's actual trash. But honestly, <laughs> some 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 magazines have to review every game. But honestly, I'm gonna sit there and say I could review the next train simulator game or Microsoft Flight Simulator Two or what have you. Yeah, I could I call that I, game I, trash. If I, it's structurally sound. It's yeah, not trash. I could review the next game, but. I don't play those games. Yeah. I could sit there and say the graphics look good, the controls are fine, all this stuff, but I don't play that game. That's not my yeah. that's that's not a but, genre yeah, that can, I, I'm active you, in. Yeah, how can you I don't feel that I can that. do a good job to convey that to the people that are wanting to see a review from me. Like I don't feel like I could do them justice because yeah. I'm not I, You would toss that to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm but well I love I do love some simulation games, but like certain other games like I'm no. not I can't review them because I don't think I'm gonna do a good enough job no, to I do play Farm Simulator. Yeah. I, I play um I've been playing Bannerlord lately. Yeah, there you go. I've been Mountain Blade, Bannerlord. Uh, is a fantastic game. Is yeah, those medieval style games. Is it flawed? Yes. yes. <laughs> it has some structural flaws. It's still considered early access and there's a lot of you know, graphically wise, it's not that great, but it is a fun game. It simulates what it would be like in that time period, you know, that time period, and what um, combat would be like, and how politics work, yeah. how you're, you would travel between the lords trying to earn a reputation as a uh, accountable person or a ruthless person, and it shows you the difference in tactics, you know, and obviously the game has a bias towards mounted combat, yeah. <laughs> which I'm slowly figuring out is that if you have a lot of troops that are not mounted and they have a lot of troops that are mounted, it doesn't matter how skilled they are at taking down mounted people, you're going to lose. Because <laughs> the, the game has a bias towards mount and blade <laughs> mm-hmm. versus foot and blade and shield and spear. <laughs> so, but... Um, Yes, that so overall uh, we're we're just trying to make a point with the Northman is a required niche type of genre that people will appreciate. The movie itself was not in any way bad. It was a movie that required a sense of of you had to know what you're watching before you went and watched it. Yeah. Honestly, if you knew it was a Shakespearean novel type piece, then you would go in with that thought process and you would appreciate it better. If you went in thinking you're watching Vikings raiding villages and watching an action you're movie, gonna be disappointed. you're going to be disappointed. Case in point, yeah. I'm not going to sit there and tell somebody who likes to watch movies and they're kind of open-minded to be like, oh, go watch The Lighthouse. Yeah, because not everyone's going to like that. You're, you're going to have to be like, okay, this this is the type – like Lighthouse is very art, art, art style, art yeah. house style movie as well. But I can sit there and be like, oh, do you like comedy? Well, like, you know, go watch Tropic Thunder or go watch this. Mm-hmm. Like, The Lighthouse is within itself another acquired taste style movie. Like, it, there's certain movies that you you kind of have to have an understanding. Like, they're not musicals. Like, me and you have gotten into it big time over Whiplash. You think the movie's a musical. I, I don't it like is musicals. Not. It's I, not a musical. All right. Well, I don't like musical. I don't like movies about music, about yeah. artists, music artists. And it's nothing against the genre. I just, it's not, I can't get into it. I just, my brain immediately tells me I don't care. (laughs) So I can't honestly review one of those movies, you know, without a bias. So that's, that's one of those movies I probably wouldn't be able to review because I would, I wouldn't like it. Now, was the movie actually good? Was the acting good? I'm sure it was fantastic. You guys have told me countless times that Whiplash has a fantastic, um, um, everything. Screenplay, everything. Screenplay, really everything. Good. And I believe you, right? But I just, I know if I watch that movie, I know I'll be watching that movie and I'm thinking, hmm, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because of what the, what the subject matter is. Yeah. You know? But that's the, that's the same mentality with Northman. Is that, you yeah, know, exactly. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you like these older movies? Do you, so, do you... But that's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally go out and, and try to bash that movie into the ground because I don't like that type of movie. Yeah. It's not, that's not the way to do things. I think there's a better way to do it. Um, personally, I think the better, best way to do it is, is it structurally good? Is the movie got good screenplay, good acting, good cinematography? I, mean, I think Northman should be eligible and up for running for an Oscar for cinematography. Yeah. Absolutely. Honestly. Um, it, the movie was structurally sound. 
It had great acting in it. It had um, great production value. Um, I mean, it had everything you need in an Oscar-worthy movie. I'll be honest. It really does. It does. So it's just the sad part is, is it won't be appreciated by a lot of people. And a good, another good example was The Reverend. You know, yeah. um, he won an Oscar on that, um, Leonardo DiCaprio. That was his first Oscar ever. That movie, I thought it was great. It was a great period piece. Another good example of a romanticized story of uh, the frontier area. Yeah. Um, and that was a real story from about a, another uh, gentleman, although it ended differently in history than it actually did in the movie. Yeah. But it was a great storytelling um, example. And But not a lot of people were going to get into that kind of movie. They wouldn't like that kind of thing. They would think it was kind of meh, you know. But I, I appreciated that movie for what it was. I thought it was great for what it, what it did, and he did deserve an Oscar for it. So, um, but that that's our um, podcast for the night. Uh, we just want to kind of give you a, more of a taste of how we we're going to review movies and, and games from now on. Is more of a open minded. Well, it's, it's always been like this. Yeah, yeah. we always want to do it. I feel like we never actually talked about how we come up with our skit or our uh, our, our ratings yeah. essentially. Our yeah. our own personal opinions on it. Like there, I don't there, like giving numbers, but I will give numbers because yeah. it's easy for people. It, it, uh, it, it's, know, it's, it's 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 a lot of people are still like, hey, I want one through yeah, five. Yeah, a lot of people want one through, through 10, five, one, one through hundred, and I don't mind doing one through ten. I really don't. Um, when it's based off of structure and how well put together the movie is or game or, you know, comic or story or whatever that we review. Um, I just, I won't, we will not criticize the movie for just not being our, the right type of movie for what we thought it was. Or we won't criticize it for the one actor that's yeah. in the movie that we don't like. You know, that's the whole point we're trying to make is that we're, we're not going to criticize a movie just because of an opinion. So... And trust me, there's some actors and actresses that I just do yeah, we not don't like. Care but if they for. do a good job, they do a yeah. good job. And I'll I'll be there first to admit, like, hey, they did a good job. Yeah. So with that, good night, everybody. We'll see you right. next time. See you next week. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.